Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry with Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80 and always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. If you're looking for a career path with flexibility, great pay and benefits with you of a favorite. Go to aggressive.com slash careers and apply online today. You're going to find out what this. They said it. You heard it. What? Has to do with the NFL combine that happens for the rest of this week. And we're going to do that in a couple of minutes here on Freddie and Harry. Real quick, when it comes to Chicago Bears, what are they going to do? What are they going to do about Justin Fields? They have the number one pick in the NFL draft. They are probably going to take Caleb Williams. But what if they don't? They got the number nine pick. What can they add other picks? Waiting to hear what the general manager, Ryan Pauls, had to say about the quarterback he has and the quarterback they really, really want. But Ben in California, he wants to win his Chicago Bears on the Freddie Harry call-in line at 888-729-3776. Big Ben, what do you have, my friend? Oh, I love your guys' show. I'm, I'm surprised I got through. But I love Justin Fields. You have to look at the bad decisions the Bears have always made. They, they cut their own throat, get rid of Roquan Smith. They need to give this young man some more weapons. They move back in the draft from number one. You pick Marvin Harrison Jr. And at number nine, you can give him Brock Bowers to go with Cole Komet, or we can get a defensive end to add that pass rush. Because when we got Montez Sweat, you could see the defense improve markedly. Just imagine if these guys wouldn't have got rid of Roquan Smith, how much better that defense would be. Thank you so much for your time, guys. I love the show. Appreciate you, my right, friend. Thank Thanks you. for the love as well. I don't think they make all bad decisions since trading for Montez Sweat. I think during that portion that he was with the Chicago Bears, they were a top defense in the National Football League. They made plays. You've seen drastic changes, and mm-hmm. the defensive juggernaut that Matt Eberflus is really showed, right? Also, gotta, I, I got to give him credit, Freddie, because the fort didn't fall apart. Right That's when true. things when yep. things weren't going well for the That's Chicago true. Bears, as much as I I got on his case, he was able to hold everything together, and you've seen some promise from his football team, mm-hmm. from young players, older players. They seem to you know get things going in the right direction, but I think when it comes to the decision uh, at number one, are you trading Justin Fields or are you drafting a quarterback for Ryan Poles for Matt Eberflus and also for the the ownership of the Chicago Bears, I think this is a very important, important, the most important because it's the it's the time that's right now right. for this organization. And if they don't make the right decision, it could cost Matt Eberflus his job and also Ryan Poles as well. So that's why I think you have to exhaust all possibilities if you're every party from top to bottom in the Bears organization. Because how dynamic this decision is, how important it is to your organization, especially moving forward. One thing that we know that Ryan Pills, the general manager of the Bears, is going to have to do. He's going to have to keep talking, maybe talk himself off the ledge, maybe talk people what he wants to do. 
but we know it's going to be a group decision. Don't take our word for it. Check out what he had to say about if he decides to trade out of number one, when he wants to make a decision regarding Justin Fields, and what kind of timeline is out there. Yeah, it's hard to say right now, um, but it's it's got to help our organization significantly to, to move around um, because we saw what it did last year, um, and I'm looking for that type of return to continue to improve our football team tomorrow. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, before no, free agency? Or, or? I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I mean, I, mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. Um, you know, there's sure before free agency would be good. Like I said, I'm also taking, um, you know, if we were to do something with Justin, like I want to do right by him. If we go down that road, um, I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. So uh, we'll gather the information. We'll move um, as quickly as possible. We're not going to be in a rush um, and see what presents itself and what's best for the organization. I think him saying it about Justin Fields is a major compliment to Justin, in my opinion, because it shows you that even though Justin Fields went through adversity, he still handled things like a professional. And you can hear that Ryan Poles has the utmost respect for him in the regards to saying that I would like to, you know, speed this thing up because it's better for Justin Fields as well. Uh, I think that speaks volume. And and if I'm a team hearing that, I'm taking that into consideration. Uh, Justin Fields the other day, we heard a piece of him talking about unfollowing, you know, the Bears and also the National Football League. And I thought he handled that entire situation in the correct manner because you didn't want to throw more fuel on the fire that that's going on right now in Chicago on whether they keep him and also do they want to take a, a quarterback at number one. So I thought Justin Fields uh, has handled everything in the correct manner. People want the Chicago bears to make a decision. Now they don't want the bears to have to wait. They want them to make a decision right now. Are you going to keep Justin Fields? Or are you going to trade out? If it comes to Caleb Williams and Harry, you made the point a couple of hours ago when we first got started. He really doesn't have to do anything right now. He doesn't have to do anything tomorrow regarding Justin Fields. He doesn't have to do anything by the end of the combine. Of course, he wants some kind of resolution. I just thought it was weird that he said, well, uh, well we still, he basically, we still don't know. That's what it comes down to. That could be a smoke screen. I get it. It's talking season. I know when somebody's lined in talking season when they're moving their lips. And that goes for a lot of general managers in the <laughs> NFL at the combine. But he also knows that free agency is March 13th. When that happens, he knows that I still got some time that I don't have to be overwhelmed immediately and take the first deal that comes along because anybody out there that wants Justin Fields, they want to try to get as much of him for as little in return to the Chicago Bears. But sooner or later, you got to let it be known, because like he said, it is not fair to Justin Fields to have this waiting that much longer. If Justin Fields is going to be traded, should I say when he's going to be traded? You know that he wants to get to his next team as soon as possible to know exactly what the playbook looks like, get used to his new teammates. You're not doing him any favors, and you're going to make things worse for you, reputation-wise, if you move on from Justin Fields and it's close to the NFL draft. How's that helping anybody? It's not helping your team, and it's not helping him. That's why I understand why he says that I want something done tomorrow, but at the same time, I'm not just going to do something just to do it because people want us to do this yesterday when it comes to making a decision what they're going to do about Justin Fields. Yeah, and I think if you're Ryan Poles, you also have to understand that, you know, like I just mentioned, Freddie, this is the biggest decision in the Bears organization to date. 
when you look at how in 2017, I, will be, I believe it was, when they took Mitch Trubisky and you had you had Deshaun Watson, who was drafted by Houston and balled out in Houston, yeah. and you had Patrick Mahomes, who even though he sat out his first year with the Kansas City Chiefs, and Ryan Poles was there mm-hmm. uh, and, and seen it, seen it all happen. Absolutely. Right? And you see how he's won three Super Bowls since then. You understand that you can't make a mistake right now. You know, you have a Caleb Williams, you have a Jaden Daniels, you have a Drake May, whoever your quarterback is, and mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. You have to be 100% sure. You can't have one feet in the door, one feet out of the door. Whatever decision that you make, you have to make that decision and embrace it and live in it. You can't make the decision and say, oh, man, I wish we would have. You can't live like that. You have to go straight forward, keep your head down, have tunnel vision, and build your football team around whatever decision you decide to make moving forward. You can also say the same thing when it comes to New York Giants because earlier today on Get Up, when Harry Douglas was on with Mike Greenberg, Dan Graziano, Tim Hasselbeck, he told the New York Giants, hey, you guys need to trade up for a quarterback in the draft because the dude you have right now, it is not the dude for your football team. Even Joe Shane, Giants general manager, was kind of coy by saying, oh, we like these guys in the draft, even though we have a guy that we drafted high in the draft not too long ago. Yeah, it's a good quarterback draft. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not just at the top. There's some guys that are mid-levels that I think will be good number twos. There's some guys that, you know, can be number threes in the draft. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's a solid draft all over. One of my favorites is Easy e Eric in New York at 888-729-3776. And like our producer, Devin Kane, a noted giant fan, Easy e What you got to say about Harry Douglas saying that your Giants should trade it for a quarterback even though they have the sixth pick in the NFL draft. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Okay, how you doing? Always ready, Freddie. That's right, brother. You and know I'm my man, Harry. How you doing? What's up, Easy? Hey, Harry, man, you, you put on some good points today, man. I, I'm just like, I need my safe space today, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> to me... It's, I think it's inevitable that the Giants are going to let him go, which makes no sense because you need people. I mean, during the football season, I said thank God for um, NFL Red Zone because I didn't have to watch the games. You know, I could just get the highlights because it was just, you know, especially when Saquon wasn't playing. But when Saquon was playing, I want to watch. But, you know, you, like you said, you got to make a decision. Make a decision. You're going to keep the man or not. If not, let him go. I hope he goes to Houston, you know, and – Right now, what else we got to look at? Wondell Robinson. I mean, come on, man. You know, listen, I've been a Giants fan since the late 60s. My father used to take me to games at um, Yankee Stadium. Fran talking. That's, that's, that's how far I go back with the Giants. So, man, I'm, I'm very um, frustrated. But you know what? It is what it is. So I'm, I'm just hoping Saquon lands somewhere well. Okay? That's, that's how I feel, man. All right? And, and guys, can I just touch on something with the, um, you know, the um, court storming? Real quick, I yeah. think there's a way you can have, yeah. Okay, you can have a delay. Okay. Just 
let get the opposing team off the court, referees, whoever needs to get off, and then let them go. Because, you know, and that way you, you can still keep people safe but still have it. And, you know, a little extra security, you know, have students do it, ring the thing, you know, give the students a little incentive, and let's have them understand, okay, just let the other team get off the court, and then you can still have the tradition. You know, you know, forfeiting games, that makes no sense. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll touch on the Giants, in which Eric is a major fan. And I know I speak for Eric. I speak for yeah. – Devin Kane, I speak for Shannon Penn, our other producer. My boy Sudu, who lives here in Atlanta, who's a huge Giants fan. Okay. Uh, they aren't excited right now. None of you guys are excited right now about the season coming up. And if you see Saquon Barkley walk out of the door, you're, you're trying to tell me season, season ticket holders should be excited about going in and watching who offensively, Devin? Who? Uh, Jalen Hyatt? No way in hell. <laughs> If I'm a Giants fan, I'm getting excited about my tickets to go watch Jalen Hyatt. Now, can Jalen Hyatt be a phenomenal player moving forward? Well, yes, he could. Well, I hope so. But, uh, Freddie, would you be excited to not see a Saquon Barkley, to not have a new guy at the quarterback position? Well, I was, I'd be excited to see Saquon Barkley as a running back for my Dallas Cowboys. That would make me excitable as all get outside. <laughs> if that's a Giants problem. That's not a me problem. <laughs> when you told me exactly how you felt about Saquon Barkley, who made your quarterback what he was, and then you decide to give that quarterback mm. over $80 million in guaranteed money, and then you literally gave Saquon Barkley pennies because nobody wants to pay running backs anymore, well, you get what you deserve as far as the New York Giants are concerned. So Joe Shane can say all he wants about, you know what, we want Saquon Barkley back. We have, you know, Saquon Barkley, which we're going to talk to his representatives this week. There, there's nothing new on that front. You know, the conversation, the plan all along was to meet here in Indy and have those discussions about, you know, how we're going to move forward with him. He's a guy we'd like to have back. So those conversations will take this week and will you know, take place this week and we'll see if we can get something done. If they're able to stay awake, me and Joe Shine and the Giants staff, talking to Saquon Barkley when they know what he wants and they're not going to pay him, even though Saquon Barkley said he wants to stay in New York Giant, they know they got Saquon Barkley by the you-know-what because he laid it out there and let his leverage go out the window. So they're going to be like this going, oh, hi, Saquon, how you doing? Oh, are you finished? Okay, good. We're not going to pay you anyway. That, we know exactly that, what the That's why do. you have to move up and take a quarterback. You need some kind of excitement. You need some assurance to fans that, you know what, we're going to get this thing right. We're going to trend in the right direction. Because right now, with Daniel Jones, in which Devin Kane calls him Danny Dimes, he's more as the big apple turnover to me, even though Devin feels that way about Daniel Jones. With no Saquon and uh, uh, offensive line, that's, oh, my goodness. I can't even say anymore, Devin. Uh, Devin, you, you speak on him, Devin. I don't want to do it. Speak on him. Listen, I, here's what I think is going to happen with Saquon. Uh-oh. Because he has said, like to, to Freddie's point, he has let his leverage go out because he says he wants to be a Giant for life. And so I do think the Giants are going to offer him a competitive deal. It might not be the top deal that another team will offer him, uh -huh. but I think it will be a deal where he's not going to want to say, all right, I'm going to get a million or two more elsewhere. I'm going to leave. I think, I think he, might, he might take a discount to stay with the team that he wants to be with. So – I still have a good feeling that he's going to be on the team. Okay. 
but yes, yeah, it's, it's more per, it's more precarious than it's ever been for sure. Well, if he does that, he's a, he's a he's a good man for for that situation because I know if you tell me I have an opportunity to potentially go down in Houston where they have a ton of money in cap space where there's no state income tax and I get to play with C.J. Stroud and I get to make some noise in the AFC right. and 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 help build a team that was in the mud and can continue on the right path. I, I think I would have to do that. Yeah, I think I mean I think his main focus is he wants to win. Mm-hmm. But also if you if you talk about the money aspect, he's a brand in himself. So being in New 100%. York being in New York is is very advantageous for him and his brand. And that's why he doesn't want to go anywhere because he knows exactly Saquon Barkley trying to have that brand and no disrespect Jacksonville or Carolina. It's not going to land as well when you're playing in the biggest market for a storied franchise when it comes to the New York Giants. I understand why Saquon Barkley, let's be honest, he's better than what the New York Giants deserve. He really is because after the way that he was treated last offseason and he still says, I still want to be here, to me it goes beyond playing for the New York Giants. He wants to stay where he's comfortable, and I don't blame him. His family's in New Jersey. They get a chance to come see him play. He knows the Jets don't need a running back because they got Brees Hall, so he can't get that kind of money from them. So he doesn't want to have to go anywhere. Saquon, word of advice to you. Let the Dallas Cowboys take a chance on you and see exactly what your brand is going to do. You'll look back at the Giants and say, man, why did I waste my time with that team that didn't want me around anyway at the prices that I wanted? You go out there and ball for the Dallas Cowboys and you help them win a playoff game, get NFC Championship game, believe me, you're going to have more endorsements than you're going to know what to do with because of that football team and the brand that the Cowboys are. Freddie Saquon should have believed who the Giants were when they showed him who, who they were. Absolutely. When they didn't pay him and they gave that money to Daniel Jones. Not only that, also Andrew Thomas, the offensive line. They gave those two guys more money than the guy that makes Andrew Thomas worth it and Daniel Jones worth well, it. I, well, what, hold, Dev? On, hold why, on. Why are you sitting there looking on. like a sad puppy, Dev? What's up? Talk Andrew, to us. Andrew Thomas is the best offensive lineman they've had in like 20 years. But he shouldn't be paid more than him. Sa- but you shouldn't pay him more than Saquon Barkley. You should not pay him first. A franchise left tackle versus a running back in yeah. a depreciating market? Okay, well, look what they did. When Andrew Thomas got injured, the offensive line was okay. When Saquon Barkley wasn't there, Daniel Jones was garbage. He was. I, well, yeah, but I don't know if they're okay. They were, they were, they were not okay when he got, he went down. They were barely, okay, they okay, were barely I'll, okay when he was there. I'll, I'll be the middleman <laughs> in this one. Okay. I do agree with Devin on this one, Freddie. Mm-hmm. You have to pay your tackle, right, uh, before you pay your running back. But the way that Saquon Barkley held things down for this football team mm-hmm. two years ago when they made the playoffs, it was on his back. Did Daniel Jones? play well yes but half of it or major more than half was because saquon barkley took a lot of pressure yeah, off yeah, of him. Yeah, let's put, let's, and, let, and, yeah. and, and dictated coverage let's be real with daniel jones he's all right but because he looked less than i right the first couple of years they thought it was the beginning of something special they literally did not realize or didn't care to realize because they wanted to pay that quarterback because i don't think there was a bidding war for daniel jones at dev the quarterback position brother dev can't even stay still in his seat because this conversation is eating him up because What's Daniel Jones it? is his boy. I remember this <laughs> That's during training camp this summer. Man, look at this dime that Daniel Jones have, has thrown and sending me the videos and all this about Danny Dimes. That's what you call him, right, Dev? Yes, Harry. <laughs> He's not even Danny Penny, much less Danny Dimes. <laughs> Give my guy a chance. We, they did. With Saquon Barkley what, being there. Years, right? And then they gave him four yeah. years and two years of guaranteed money. Guys. And then he got injured guys, again. You, I agree. I, I agree <laughs> that he had Saquon Barkley. But for his entire time, 
He hasn't had an offensive line. He hasn't had a true number one wide receiver. Yeah. He hasn't had a true number one tight end. Okay. Is that not is that not but, a fact? But Devin, even with all of what you just He's said, been in the it, NFL, it, it's not one, one, two, three, four, five years. Exactly, which you're makes not, it even worse that he hasn't had all any sort of weapons in that Devin, time. Devin, you're not He's wrong. Never played a yeah. full season. Devin, you're not wrong. But let's be honest here. Maybe he can't play. Maybe he can't play the kind of quarterback well, level you. Oh, don't you say that to brother Dev. You gonna trigger something, brother no, Dev, you, if you say that. Freddie, you very you very well might be right. But my point is, we we don't know the full scope because he hasn't been given the opportunity, and he's been injured. There's and if we no want to talk about injuries too, I love Saquon, but if we're going to bring up injuries, when's we the just, last time he we, played full? We season? just had a guest on the other day that Was told you about the two teams and, and where they are within their organizations. We talked about the Falcons. We talked mm-hmm. about the Giants and oh, what the Giants Here we were. Go. Wow. Here we go. Always goes back to the <laughs> Here Falcons. We go. Damn Boy, right. <laughs> you, you, you made that short walk across the barnyard just to make sure the Falcons got to be part of this conversation. He's got, he's got one goal in mind. He That's really all he was. He really does. <laughs> got to give him love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's time to break. <laughs> <laughs> He's Harry Douglas. Hit the dough that he is at HDougs83 on Twitter. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit the dough that I am at Coleman ESPN. Thanks for joining us. I'm Freddie Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. We stay with the National Football League. We'll do a little. They said it. You heard it. What? NFL Combine Edition. And oh, yeah, it'll involve your team. Keep it here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. He's Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman, together on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for joining the afternoon get down presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius XM Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. So the combine is really in full effect now in Indianapolis. When it comes to today, it goes throughout the weekend. I'm sure there are going to be plenty of things that are going to be said. But when things get said, that's where we come in with. They said it. You heard it. What? And we're going to just pick a myriad of people when it comes to certain storylines that are part of the NFL Combine that's happening in Indianapolis. For example, Sean Payton, head coach of the Denver Broncos. Now, we firmly believe that this marriage is over. It only lasted one year. They're not going to be together. Well, Sean Payton was asked the question, when does he expect a decision regarding the future of Russell Wilson as a Denver Broncos quarterback? I expect that we're going to know fairly quickly. I said it's the Super Bowl, but I think more specifically, I think uh, – you know, somewhere in the neighborhood next week where we're going to – there's a couple factors here. You know, obviously the cap projections came out. We're further down the road with the draft class, obviously the pro-free agents. I would anticipate it being, uh, you know, within the next two weeks. The question was finding the right solution to quarterback in, uh, in, in this league, which is obviously very competitive in our division. I think it's vital. I saw this, like, humorous meme the other day where there was a, a Bronco fan with – a shirt on and there was like eight quarterbacks names with a cross through it you know and and he's drinking the quarterback kool-aid and I, you know our, our job is to make sure that this next one you know doesn't have a line through it they said it you heard it what i can't wait till he's out of my building i'm sick and tired of talking about russell wilson and he said he wants to stay here no 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 i benched that guy for jared stidham who is really just a backup quarterback at best in the NFL. That's how much Sean Payton does not want Russell Wilson anywhere near 
the burnt orange of the Denver Broncos. Yeah, you can say whatever you want to say, Sean Payton. You can't BS us and get us to believe that you're mm-hmm. still reviewing the situation. When we know at a certain point, a certain date in March, if Russell Wilson is still with your football team, that's $37 million more million that you're going to have to guarantee him for the following season. Mm-hmm. You literally, in front of the world, tried to shame Russell Wilson. You benched him. The organization, accompanied by you, tried to get him to change his injury uh, portion of his contract. He didn't do that, so you sat him down for the rest of the year. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know you're moving on from Russell Wilson. Don't fake the funk, (laughs) as Grandma also used to say. Yeah, there's nothing fake about the Baltimore Ravens who were this close to finally breaking through and getting to another Super Bowl. They had the best record in the NFL, and all that got them was an AFC Championship game and a lousy T-shirt losing to the Kansas City Chiefs. But John Harbaugh, the head coach of Baltimore Ravens, they have to realize something, and he put it out there very plain and simple. You can talk about Lamar Jackson and our offense failing in the AFC Championship game. We're just beginning. We're just starting. We're one year into this thing. There's so many, we're, there's so many things that I feel like looking back on it now, we just they actually were baby steps. They were hard steps for us to take because it's a, it was a sea change in terms of offensive philosophy, yet – they were baby steps looking back on them. We have so so far to go. Lamar's excited. Todd's excited. All the coaches. We have a plan. We came out the very first day after the AFC Championship game talking about where we were going to go offensively. And I had a staff, a staff meeting about it. Met with Todd. Met with all the coaches individually. Met with Lamar a couple days after that. Met with different players. And we have a direction right now on where we want to go. And we want to think we want to be tight. We want to be locked in. We want to understand how this offense applies to Lamar and our players. And we want to do right by our players. And we want to do right by Lamar and build the best operation that we can for him so so his talents can really shine. And I think we're just starting with that. They said it. You heard it. What? Now, what we just heard right there from John Harbaugh is that it's still early within this offensive system. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of room, extreme room for growth. We made major strides, and so did Lamar Jackson at the quarterback position playing under Todd Munkin. He's going to be able to learn from past experiences, particularly the AFC Championship game. We're going to be able to take those experiences and use them to our our betterment the next time around and in 2024-25 season. But there's extreme amount of growth that can still be had amongst this offensive system that's very, very young in the Todd Munkin days. Didn't my quarterback just win the MVP of the league and had one of the most prolific offenses in 2023? And we had a bad Sunday against an outstanding defense called Kansas City. And, yeah, we were overwhelmed by the moment. But didn't my quarterback win the MVP and we had one of the most efficient offenses in the National Ball League in year one of Todd Munkin and this offense being together? Y'all guys can say whatever you want happened on that Sunday. By the way, the Chiefs did that to a lot of other quarterbacks when it comes to that defense. I know we're going to be just fine because, if anything, this is more of a motivational fuel for this offense and my quarterback who won his second MVP before turning the age of 27, so I'm thinking he's going to be okay. When it comes to quarterbacks, Harry Douglas is Atlanta Falcons. Boy, did they have their quarterback issues last year. I think even Harry Douglas wanted to go down there and suit up and play quarterback for his Atlanta Falcons because Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke did not exactly shake that tree. Check out what Raheem Morris, the new head coach, and the GM Terry Fondo had to say about last year's quarterbacks and this year's situation. If we had better quarterback play last year in Atlanta, I might not be standing here. More so, it's magnified at quarterback, right? You're, everyone's looking at you. 
you're you're really the face of that team and that organization, and so all the there's so much pressure. So you better have the right mindset and makeup, and that's what Drew had. And so, um, and I'm sure you can go through a lot of players that have had success from different avenues, however they got there, but it comes down to that makeup. So you better make sure you hit that. They said it. You heard it. What? I'll let Harry does go first because that was Terry Fontenot, Falcons GM, when he was on Carla versus Joe comparing getting Drew B, Drew Brees, excuse me, when he was a part of the organization in New Orleans. Man, let me be real with this one, Freddie. <laughs> no, I knew you it. You know, <laughs> what we heard from Terry Fontenot is this right here, ladies and gentlemen. Damn, we was bad at the quarterback position the last two years. And if we would have had competent quarterback play, we would we would have made the playoffs. We need a guy that can fit our culture. And I love the fact that he gave the example of Drew Brees because Drew Brees was the right guy for the city of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. He did a ton uh, amongst that community. He made plays. He won a Super Bowl. Him and Sean Payton was like milk and honey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those two guys fit with one another. When it comes to Zach Robinson in this offensive coordinator in the offense of the Falcons, when it comes to Raheem Morris, when it comes to the city of Atlanta, it has to be someone that can really fit into the offensive system, but also can handle the culture of the city of Atlanta. This is a city that still wears Michael Vick jerseys. Mm -hmm. Even when Matt Ryan was balling out and Matt Ryan is the greatest quarterback in Falcon history, but you have to understand certain things about certain things about the culture. Cam, who's uh, producing today, he's from GA. He understands what the culture means in Atlanta. You need a guy that can have the culture's back, in my opinion. And that's what Terry Fontenot, that's what Raheem Morris is talking about for the next quarterback. I'm not going to add to that. I let the whole floor open for Harry Douglas, part of a little NFL combine, what they said, what we heard edition here on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Meanwhile, in Dallas, last time we checked, the last time they got the NFC Championship game was at least four presidents ago. They're trying to make sure another presidential doesn't go by before they get there again. But when it comes to paying Dak Prescott, that is something that's on the mind of the Cowboys organization led by Stephen Jones, son of the owner Jerry Jones, and the EVP of the Dallas Cowboys. We won't be expounding on those type of things with our negotiation. I mean, that's obviously something, you know, as we move forward, hopefully we'll continue to uh, make progress and communicate, but it's not going to be something, sorry to tell you guys, but we're not going to be giving reports on how things are going. Can you do the things you want to do in free agency with his cap number at 59 and a half? Well, we got ways to adjust his cap number for this year, so... We are, you know, obviously between Dak and between Micah and CD, it's, you know, the salary cap's real for us, you know, in a situation where we want to, you know, do deals with all three of them. So do you get to do everything you want to do with the salary cap? I don't think any team does. But we're certainly going to be able to go out and go to work and, and get the things done that we feel like we need to get done to be successful. Do you want to do those deals this offseason? Like I said, won't expand on any details, timing, amounts, Anything. No, no, not timing, but you said you want to do deals about three of them. This I'm not going to say when. They said it. You heard it. What? They're not going anywhere, do-da, do-da. We'll find the money to pay them. Oh, the do-da day. Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons, they're going to find. Somebody will go somewhere. It ain't going to be those three. They'll find a way to have the contract extension for Dak Prescott, in which it won't count 59 plus million against their salary cap. It's going to be cap friendly, Dak friendly, money friendly. But believe me, those three dudes, they're keeping all three of those dudes, the long term extensions. Somebody else will be leaving. 
It ain't going to be Dak Prescott. It ain't going to be CeeDee Lamb. And for damn sure, it ain't going to be Micah Parsons. Am I the only one that thinks it's funny the way Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones pronounces Micah's name? Mm-hmm. Uh, Micah Parsons is such we a We got to pay guy. Micah. We need to pay uh, Micah Parsons because he's an essential part of what <laughs> we're trying to do here in Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. Last but not least, the Minnesota Vikings may have an interesting quarterback situation. Kirk Cousins popped his Achilles last year. He's going to be a free agent when that starts on March the 13th. Quesa Adolfo Mensa is the GM of the Minnesota Vikings. There's another guy out there that they should be thinking about that caught a lot of passes from Kirk Cousins. That is wide receiver Justin Jefferson. Quesa, you're not thinking about trading that guy, are you? Quesa, along the lines of things being thrown out about Justin, maybe some that are false, is there a world where you would ever consider making him available for a trade? That is not something that's once crossed my mind. Um, you got a blue player, a blue person. Uh, you try and keep those as many of those as you can. They said it. You heard it. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to him and haw on this one. Uh, because I know Justin Jefferson wants that guaranteed money at the wide receiver position like we've seen mm. quarterbacks have. Yeah. Uh, are you willing to do that, Minnesota? Are you willing to do that? I don't know. There's a guy named Jordan Addison that balled out last year. And what you could potentially get if you traded Justin Jefferson. I don't know, Freddie. What? Here's what I heard. We don't want to trade Justin Jefferson. That doesn't mean we're not paying attention to offers Mm. because we have to think about that. As great as he is at the wide receiver position, if Kirk Cousins is not here, he may not want to be here either. And before he walks out that door in free agency, we got to make sure that we listen to any potential offers in case we have to make that decision to move on from Justin Jefferson. That fan base would riot oh, if they traded God. Justin Jefferson. It would go from skull, skull, skull to <laughs> get him, get him, get him. That's what it would be. Imagine, imagine they say, well, we have Jordan Addison. They'd be like, uh, what? No. I don't care. It would be like, but, but, but be here, like here, get him, get him, get him. We, we know how Justin Jefferson feels about Kirk Cousins. Absolutely. So I, I think a piece of that whole ordeal is kind of tied to Kirk Cousins. Even though Justin Jefferson is an individual and he's going to want his money despite yeah. what they do, mm-hmm. what they were able to do as a quarterback-receiver tandem is something that we've never seen in the National Football League because within the first three years of Justin Jefferson's career, the numbers that he put up surpassed everyone in NFL history. Right. So you don't think he's going to feel some type of way if Kirk Cousins is not his quarterback moving forward? A guy that got him the football Mm -hmm. in every spot that he needed to get the football in? Yep. All right. Okay. Get him. Get him. Get him. (laughs) That will replace Skull in Minnesota if Kirk Cousins leaves and they trade Justin Jefferson right behind him if they decide to make that kind of move. Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas together on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. You can bundle your home and auto and you can save. You can do that by visiting Progressive.com. As upset as Vikings fans would be if they traded Jordan Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, excuse me, there's no way any of them would be as upset as this NBA head coach was last night involving a foul that was not called and his team paid the price. And it was good and bad for the NBA. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. 
This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. He's Harry Douglas. Who is he? Freddie Coleman, who am I? We are together with Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on Sirius X and Channel 80, and always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Have you ever been as mad about what someone did to you in sports that caused you to lose it last night, like Monty Williams, Detroit Pistons head coach, lost it? By the way, Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. What was something that someone did in sports that caused you to lose it Maybe along the lines of how Monty Williams lost it last night as Pistons head coach, 888-729-3776. In case you missed it, the referees clearly missed the foul at the end of the game involving the loss to the New York Knicks, 113-111. to 11. 8.5 seconds left, part of a strange and wild sequence in which the Knicks had two opportunities to shoot the basketball. They did, did not hit the shot. A loose ball happened. Azura Thompson goes with a loose ball. Dante DiVincenzo runs him over literally, not figuratively, literally. Knicks get the ball back. Josh Hart hits the shot, gives them the win. He made another free throw. They couldn't get the rebound. Pistons lose it. And then after the game, Monty Williams lost it. Where's the New York media now? The absolute worst call of the season. Uh No call. Okay. And enough's enough. All right. We've we've done it the right way. We've called the league. Okay. We've sent in clips. Right. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. As you should be. We had a chance to win the game. Yeah. And the guy dove into Asar's legs. True. And there was a no call. Right. That, that's an abomination. Ooh. You cannot miss that in an NBA game. True. Period. And I'm tired of talking about it. Okay. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? So you're tired. That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long. Not be and enough's enough. All right. You cannot dive into a guy's legs. No, you can't. In a big-time game like that, and there be a no-call. Okay. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called. Fair. Period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game. And that was not fair. I'm done. Okay. He's tired, and it was unfair and not fair, according to Monty Williams. He's not wrong, but he was warm last night about a team that only has eight wins on the season, and they should have had number nine versus the Knicks. He's right in his assessment. It should have been a foul, right? DiVincenzo, you can't go through the thigh board like you're practicing football and coaches teach you or or you're practicing rugby rugby, and you're the rugby field and you're trying to make a tackle or or get a stop. Now, here's the issue that I also do have. Because when Monty Williams said his players asked him what more could they do, box the hell out. (laughs) Get a rebound after Jalen Brunson misses – the shot right or be strong with the basketball and hold on to the basketball so it doesn't get knocked out of your hand as well I think basketball one-on-one we teach boxing out you do drills to box out right and the fact that they couldn't get those things those things done shows why they're a bad basketball team right now is he right should should a foul been called Freddie yes 100 percent yes but it should have never even got to that point if you box out if you're strong with the basketball if you're the Detroit Pistons it's bad for the NBA when a clear call was egregiously missed by the officiating and even what they told the poll what they told the pool report excuse me referee James Williams now he's the referee that was right about maybe a foot away from everything happening in front of him in full living color he said afterwards they missed the call. And I quote, upon post-game review, we determined that Asura Thompson guessed the ball first and then was deprived of the opportunity to gain possession of the ball. 
Therefore, a loose ball foul should have been whistled on New York's Dante DiVincenzo, end quote. That's what James Will, the referee, of the, the crew chief, told a pool reporter. So, yeah, that's bad for the NBA. Here's on the other side why it's good for the NBA. Because there's no reason about the Detroit Pistons team that has stunk all year long winning eight games. Now, all of a sudden, people are like, man, I didn't realize they were that bad. I wonder if they're going to stay there. Because the least amount of wins in the NBA regular season was when the 76ers in the 70s went 9-73. and 73. All of a sudden, now people are going to pay attention. Can the Pistons be that worst team when it comes to if they don't win a game the rest of the season? But if you're Monty Williams, you got the perfect, perfect fuel to say to your team, people are never going to respect you because you're an 8-win team. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to continue to let referees and officials screw us out of a victory that should have been ours against a really good Knicks team? Or are you going to continue to just stand back and take it? Well, I'm not going to. I'm going to have your back. What are you guys going to do about it? That's why it's good for the NBA. When I when I look at a guy in Kate Cunningham balls out and have 30-plus points, mm-hmm. you say to yourself, man, hey, we have some pieces. I think they're so young. Yep. That's another reason why they wanted Monty Williams to go there and be the coach, though, to yep. help this young team like he was helped, able to help the young Phoenix Suns get right. things going. And we see what, what, the, what that basketball team is at the moment. But, you know, as simple as boxing out, come on, man, get yep. the rebound. So your calls, 888-729-3776. What was something that someone did in sports that caused you to lose it like Monty Williams lost it last night's Pistons head coach. 888-729-3776. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry podcast.